We've all seen them, usually on a summer Saturday morning. The sign reads, Garage Sale Today. Books, toys, a pair of skates, maybe even furniture. All kinds of items are usually up for grabs at a garage sale. But is a garage sale worth the effort? After all, many people make the trip to the dump or just donate the stuff. I'm Desmond Brown, and today on Sold in the Six, my guests would say, yes, have a garage sale. It's worth it. In fact, it could be a real moneymaker. Ava Seavey is from New York, and you could say that she wrote the book on garage sales. Ava, welcome to Sold in the Six. Hi, it's so great to be here. Yeah, so your book, which you did write, it's called Ava's Garage Sale Goal. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, it's actually called Ava's Guide to Garage Sale Goal. Oh, no, Ava's Guide yeah. to Garage Sale Goal. Okay, thank you. It's a great guide. Yeah, so um, I was literally doing a an estate sale actually for a relative and all these people were coming up to me saying, can you help me? Can you help me? And I said, I have a full-time job. I can't come to your house and do this. But it gave me the idea that it didn't come as naturally to others as it came to me to do these hugely successful garage sales. And when I say successful, I literally had people waiting in line outside oh. taking numbers to get into the house. Well, that's and really I, interesting. Yeah, I had oh. cars parked all over the neighborhood. I, you know, I just through such successful sales that I realized, you know, there's a lot of tips and tricks that I can teach other people how to do. Okay, well, I, I want to hear some of those, but I'm really surprised about this because in today's, well, I guess in, in, in today's world, we have Facebook Marketplace and, you know, a lot of people are, are selling through their own little community uh, sites and things like that online. So mm -hmm. what have you done to make this so popular where you're getting people lined up? Well, Facebook is a great place to sell on, as is Nextdoor and some of the other online marketplaces. However, there's certain groups of people that are known to come to sales in person. There's several different groups of people that come in person. And the beauty of a garage sale is someone might come for one item, but then they see something else and then they see mm -hmm. something else. So when you're selling something very specific on Marketplace, you might say, okay, here's this antique desk that I have, but they might not know that you have 12 other things that they might like. So the beauty of a garage sale is, it's more of an emotional pull. So somebody oh, might okay. see something and it might remind them of something they had, or they might be in the market to shop for a gift and they might see a bunch of jewelry and say, hey, that is a great idea. So it's more like when you're going to the supermarket and you have your grocery list, but then you're at the checkout counter and you see, oh, there's some gum and there's some Tic Tacs and there's some magazines. You didn't come there for that, but they're impulse buys. So a garage sale is really all about impulse buying and also about attracting people with the wide variety of things that you might have so that basically everyone in the family can be there. It's like an outing. It's something to yeah. do. It's, it's almost like entertainment. 
Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. I haven't had, we had one a number of years ago. My wife, Alice, and I had one when we were um, moving to another house and uh, very, very successful. But like I said, I thought that, you know, they were almost like a thing of the past. Okay, so I deal with a lot, I'm in real estate, as you know. I deal with a lot of uh, clients who are downsizing. I deal with a lot of people who are looking after uh, estate sales and so on. Um, and then also like people like Alice and I who were just thinking of, you know, we were moving and we had a lot of stuff to get rid of. So what's the first thing we should do if we're thinking of having a garage sale and getting rid of our stuff? Well, you first have to aggregate all of your merchandise and see what categories it falls into and make sure that you have something for everyone. For example, if you just have tools, you're only going to get guys. If you just have women's clothes, you're only going to get, you know, certain things. If you only have children's things, um, if you have household items or antique items or vintage items, you want to make sure that you have enough of each category that you're going to be able to attract a lot of different kinds of people. Okay, then, so it's almost like a big department store you're going to be running out there. No, not necessarily. It doesn't mean that you have to have multiple items in each category, but you, you need to have things that will appeal to different groups of people. And that way, when you're marketing to the people, you'll get a wider grouping and a wider array of people. Okay, so, so you have all the stuff. You've got all the stuff out there. Um, let me just take a step back here. Marketing. How do you get the word out that you've got all of this stuff? Yes. So there's several ways to do that. Um, one of the big categories of people that still come to garage sales are retired people. And mm -hmm. they look in the weekly newspaper to see the garage sale ads. So I always advocate taking out an ad, whether it's online or in the paper itself, in the garage sale section of the weekly local paper. Okay. There's also sites that people look for. Um, there's something called Garage Sale Tracker and there, another one called Yard Sale Search. And you can list your sales for free on these places and a lot of people will come from miles around to attend garage sales. You can also obviously list on your local um, Facebook page. A lot of people will list um, garage sales in their community sections uh, on next door you can list garage sales but the most important thing is signage okay yeah that's what i was going to ask you about you need to have good signage and you need to have a lot of signs okay right so when you say a lot um how many i know sometimes you know we as realtors will help people with signs. Uh, we even have garage sale signs that we can give people to use, but how many would you put out in for each sale approximately? And would you, would they be, um, you know, like signs on, that are, um, you just, that are on the, on the corners of, of uh, streets or so on, or do you post them on poles? No, I don't ever post on poles. A lot of times that's against ordinances in the town. I actually manufacture signs that people can buy on my website yeah, okay. that are, that are, Signs you stick into the ground on the grass, and they're double-sided, so you can see them coming and going, and they're yeah. waterproof, so that if it rains, people can still see what you're promoting. I usually have about four to five signs. Mm -hmm. I'll put signs on the important 
crossroads, like if there's a busier road that you turn into your house to get to. So yeah. I'll put on like at both ends of streets that would turn into your street. And then I would have it on your street and then a sign in front of the house garage sale here. Ah, almost like having an open house it's where we put our signs out. Yes, it, it is similar to that. And signage is really as important as, you know, the ads and the marketing because a certain percentage of people will come just from the signs and another percentage will come from the ads in advance. You know, like they'll target, okay, I'm going to the sale on this day because I saw the ad in the local paper, you know, that uh. kind of Okay, so now you've got your yard or your garage sale, and it's usually out in the yard. You pull it all out, and um, what are some of the tips of organizing the stuff, like what um, tables and so on, flow that's important? Yes, it's very important, and I've done a lot of experimenting with this. So I know for, I can tell you for a fact that you can get more money for things if they're on tables with covered surfaces. In other words. Anything can be a table. You know, you mm -hmm. can take a piece of wood into planks. You can string two things together. You can, it doesn't have to be an actual table. But if you cover it with anything, I don't care what it is. It can be a shower curtain. It can be an old piece of fabric. It can be anything that you find lying around. It doesn't have to look perfect. But it, a covered surface with things placed on it will get you more money than if you just throw them on the lawn or you don't put them on a surface or if you put them on a wood that's not covered or oh, anything. incredible. What, what do you think? Why is that? Why do you think? I think the psychology is, and I, I used to experiment when I used to do flea markets years ago. I experimented with surfaces, coverings, all kinds of things. And mm -hmm. people literally paid more money for the very same item if it was on a covered surface. I think it's because it's psychological because people think it's worth more. They see that you took the time and the care to do something. So this must be worth a little bit more than if it, if it was just thrown on the lawn. Wow. Oh, that's something. It's presentation. It's it's kind of like when you go into a store and the st and the store is all a mishmash of things and you have to hunt through stuff. Or if it's all carefully laid out and it's more neat and tidy, you know, it just makes a better presentation. Yeah, and based on that presentation, um, so you have the tables there. You want to you want to have a nice flow, people to be able to walk freely to each of the tables and so on. Um, do you get help? I do. Um, I would never do a garage sale alone for a lot of reasons. One, sorry to say there will be thieves mm -hmm. that can come to a sale. So you can have things stolen if you're not careful, especially for little tiny items like jewelry. Yeah. So you always have to have at least one other person there to be watching, looking, helping collect money, helping you know make sure that everything's you know, packed up nicely. Um, normally when I have sales, I have lines of people standing in line to buy things. So I need someone bagging and wrapping in addition mm -hmm. to, you know, collecting oh, money and making change. So, yeah, so how many people will you have? I would typically want at least two others helping me. Yeah. Okay. 
it could be a child, you know, it can be your son or daughter, it can be a neighbor, it can be your spouse, it can be a friend. A lot of times if friends help, they can, and you encourage a friend to come and help, the friend can bring items for themselves to sell as well and sort of cash in on the action. Okay. So um, I've also heard that it's really important to have prices on the items. Is that still whole? Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. And and people that will come up and say, ah, you know, I, you're asking 10 bucks for this, but I'll give you seven. Right. So there's a lot of reasons to put prices on things. For one, some people are too shy mm -hmm. and to ask, you know, how much is this? And, and it could detract from someone that would have interest if there's no label or tag or price on it. Sometimes there's a language barrier yeah. and the people yeah. don't speak English that well. So they're, they don't know really how to properly formulate. And not everybody is a haggler at a garage sale. That's a total miscommunication. You know, that's a misconception. It's a misconception. Mm -hmm. um, most people think, oh, everyone's going to haggle at a garage sale. And I would say 90% of the people don't. They just mm -hmm. pay what's on the label. Some will haggle, some enjoy doing that. And, you know, you can always negotiate on things, but having clear labels, and it doesn't mean that every single item has to be labeled. For example, if you have a bunch of smaller items or like items, you can say anything on this table, a dollar, anything on this table, five dollars, mm -hmm. two for a dollar. You know, if you're selling a bunch of books or a bunch of things, you can aggregate things together and say everything on this table is X. Okay. And do you supply like bags and things like that for people? I do. I normally do. I collect bags and wrapping so that because most people will not bring their own bags and depending on the bag laws in each state, mm -hmm. a lot of states are outlawing plastic bags. So yeah, um, we get that here in Toronto. Well, not outlawed, but they charge us uh, five cents a bag in the grocery store. They're trying to cut back on the plastics, obviously. Right. Some people will show up with their own bags, you know, because mm -hmm. they know they're going to be there to buy things. And most people will not. So I normally have bags on hand. Yeah. Uh, what about large items? Would you, um, well, would you deliver or do you have suggestions for people to, to take big items? We, ha we have, uh, depending on the vehicles that I happen to have at the moment or who's mm -hmm. working the sale with me. I have delivered items. I have delivered furniture to people. Oh. Um, with the gas prices the way they are, you might say, hey, for an extra 10 bucks, depending on where they live, or sometimes if it's a very expensive item, I would deliver it for free. Oh, for as wow. long as you pay me in advance. So you're thinking having a garage sale, yard sale, and you got to get rid of all of that stuff you have in your house before you buy your next house. Well, put this on your checklist as well. Get pre-approved for a mortgage if you're going to need one. And I recommend Jason Georgopoulos of Dominion Lending. You can reach Jason and he'll get you all of the best rates and terms available. And he can be reached at jasong at dominionlending.ca. How long will your garage sale go? Um, what's a good time to start in the morning? What's a good time to end? And do you do it for the whole weekend? So the best day to have a garage sale is Friday. The it's second Friday? Yes. The second oh. best 
is Saturday. The worst day is Sunday. Mm -hmm. So if I do a two-day sale, I'll do Friday, Saturday. If I do a one-day sale, I'll just do Saturday. The reason Fridays are good is because that's when all the dealers shop. Oh, I see. So the dealers are out there looking. Yes. Obviously, to take it back to either their uh, their retail outlets or to their uh, flea markets, wherever they sell. Or their online stores. So there's a lot of yeah. Etsy and Amazon and people that sell online. And they get a lot of their merchandise from garage sales and they go on Fridays. The collectors will go on Fridays if you have anything collectible or anything that's sort of unique and collectible and vintage, you know, any type of specialty, you know, uh, we used to have some World War II items at some of the estate sales I did. And uh, the people literally were like fighting each other to get to those items. Isn't that something? Well, in my introduction here, I said on a summer Saturday morning, you see these things, but these garage sales, yard sales, but I had no idea that Friday was such a big day. Friday is the best, most profitable day in sales that I've had. Um, again, a lot of retired people go to sales, um, mm -hmm. and you know, that's a big day for them as well. And Sundays generally, unless you live near a church, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and, and you happen to get the church traffic coming out of the church. Um, I have found Sundays to be mostly a bust for me. So I stopped doing Sunday sales years ago. Yeah. So hours, um, in the day, what's a good time to start in the morning? You will sell the most merchandise between nine and 12. It is, okay. Yes, you will sell the most in the morning. You can start earlier, but if you're gonna start at nine and you wanna say no early birds, you will start. You will have people that'll start showing up at eight o'clock and 7.30 and you have to figure out how to keep them out unless mm -hmm. you don't mind them walking around while you're setting up because people will come early. Um, generally nine to 12 is the best selling time, but I usually extend to the afternoon. So like if you did nine to four, nine to five, nine to three, um, you know, that's when your prime selling time is going to happen. Okay. So you've, I'm here at my garage. So I have these items that just aren't moving. Mm-hmm. Do you suggest um, repricing by the end of the day? Uh, you can do discounts. You can do um, buy this and get something free. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't necessarily slash the prices for everything later in the afternoon uh, because sometimes if you have another sale, it'll go. So sometimes okay. the right buyer just isn't there. So um, I've often done sales in a series where I'll have a sale and then three weeks later I'll have another sale. And then oftentimes those items will sell. If you only want to have a sale for one day, you can uh, donate mm -hmm. what you don't sell and get a tax write-off. You know, that's always nice. Mm -hmm. uh, there are certain organizations that will come and pick up, uh, you know, so uh, or you can put something out by the curb and say free and people will take it away. It's amazing uh, the scavengers that'll come with the word free on it. Yeah, yeah. wow, so it's a lot of thought that goes into a successful garage sale. And like you had mentioned, it's good to have people coming, but not just coming for one item, hanging around, looking around and, you know, buying more and more uh, things to take home with them. Um, yeah. What about refreshments? I do not advocate that. It's to me, it's a liability. Mm -hmm. 
um, if, you know, if somebody drinks something or eats something and they claim something happened to them because of something you served them, um, I don't go there. I won't, I won't have that. water. I won't have anything because it's just, it's too much of a potential liability for somebody who's okay. out there trying to, you know, sell their things and you don't need that added complication. Okay. So like I just mentioned, and what I've observed from you is that it does take a lot of organization, a lot of thought, a lot of creativity to have a successful sale. What are some of the most common mistakes people make? One of the things is naming their sale. Naming um, it. Yes. On my site, I sell signs that say garage sale, tag sale, moving sale, estate sale, and yard sale. Mm -hmm. uh, calling something a garage sale uh, indicates that your stuff is not very good merchandise. Calling it a tag sale bumps it up a notch. A moving sale bumps it up even further of a notch. And an estate sale bumps it up to the highest. Oh, incredible. Yeah. So when people have a sign that says moving sale, people will think, oh, bigger items, more expensive items. Or even if they see yard sale or tag sale, it's just psychologically a name that connotes that more time and effort went into it than just throwing things in a garage. Oh. So, um, and you can usually, again, get more money for things if you call it a different name. Okay, yeah. So I guess the word, as we've been talking garage sale here in a generic sense, it's almost like uh, tissue is to Kleenex, right? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. So, Yes, that's correct. So it is, I mean, it's the nomenclature of garage sale is encapsulates all these different kinds of sales, but I've never done a sale and called it a garage sale. Oh, I always, you haven't? Okay. I either call it a barn sale because it's mm -hmm. a barn and barn sale attracts a certain type of person or moving sale, yard sale, tag sale. Those are the names that I would give to a sale that I would do. And of course, estate sale is the highest end of anything. But if you're just a warning, if you're going to call something an estate sale, make sure you have multi-generational stuff and stuff that's worth a little bit more. Mm -hmm. don't, just, don't just have junk in your garage and call it an estate sale because you will have a lot of disappointed shoppers. Okay. Okay. So that's the most common thing, not naming it properly. What else? I think the other thing is not properly promoting it. Mm -hmm. um, if you build it, will they come? You can have, you can do great prep and have everything all laid out and wonderful. And if you do nothing to promote it, you will not get anyone there. If all you do is stick out signs on the day of, you're not going to get the traffic that you need. You really need to promote it anywhere you can think of. Like if you have a big grocery store that that everybody goes to make a little sign and put it up there. If you have, you know, if you advertise in your local papers, you are, you will definitely get traffic that you wouldn't have gotten from other places. And if you advertise online and, and you put things on Facebook marketplace and next door and any of the other online vehicles, you will get the more you do to promote, the better your sale will be. Yeah. What's the most effective lead in time for promotion? So you've got the 
you've got your estate sale happening on Friday. When's a good time to start? A week before. A week before. So you're yeah. you're talking like the previous Friday or um, Monday better? It depends on the, a lot of the local papers come out on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. so they're basically, they basically have a day or two notice, you know, if it, if it comes out on a Thursday or if it's an online, I would do it a week in advance. Okay. About a week. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, is there anything else that you can add to this on making these sales successful for people? Yes. Um, a lot of people have the wrong, it sounds really weird, but a lot of people have the wrong kind of change. Oh. When they do a sale, they think, oh, I need all $100, I need all uh, $1 bills, mm -hmm. which is terrible. And the last thing you want to do is run out of change on your sale because a lot of people will bring big bills mm -hmm. and you need to make sure you have plenty of 20s, 10s, 5s, etc. Uh, so people generally do not have the right change and it creates a major problem on sale day. The other thing is that, again, uh, how things are laid out and merchandised are really, really critical. And especially for older people that can't bend down or they can't mm -hmm. like, kneel or whatever. Um, I just think having things that are cleaned mm -hmm. and, and well you know, it, it doesn't mean that you have to go crazy doing it. But, you know, if, if something's dirty and dusty, it's not going to sell as yeah, well as exactly. it's dusted off. Um, you just want to make it as easy and as most attract and as attractive as possible or something. Like you said, for an elderly person, you know, put it up at a height where you don't have to worry about them, you know, bending exactly. over and exactly. having trouble getting back up again. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I think. um Either underpricing or overpricing, I also see people making mistakes for with. So let's say somebody went out and bought an item and they paid $100 and then they have it listed for 90 That's not a good deal. You're mm -hmm. charging too much. So even if something is brand new, never been used, you want to charge at least 50% of what the retail price was. And that's a deal. That's a deal yeah. for someone. So if you overprice things, you're going to turn people off and they'll think, oh, everything's, you know, you'll hear people leaving sales saying, oh, everything's overpriced. It's too expensive. Oh. Yeah. But also underpricing, you know, you're not just, you shouldn't just be giving things away. Yeah. You should yeah. price them so that people think they're getting a deal, but there's still some value to the item. Great. What about the, and what about the frame of mind for somebody who is there holding this sale. Okay, like for me, going into a store, I get really turned off if, number one, people don't at least say hello to me. Uh, they don't have a smile on their face. They're kind of like, they don't want to be there. Um, and they don't, and they feel like they're doing you a favor um, when you showed up at their uh, establishment. So how far does that go, even in a like a garage yard estate sale? Yeah, I always say hello and with a smile and but I don't hover. I don't I'm not pushy and I don't try to get people to buy things if they just pick them up and look at them. I leave I leave them alone. Mm -hmm. I usually say, "Hi, welcome to the sale. Let me know if you have any questions." And then I leave them alone. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about your success. I know you touched on it at the beginning and uh, I just want to just recap that 
what got you into this? Well, it's hard to explain. Um, I was when I was very young and looking to make extra money. I started selling at flea markets, mm -hmm. just out of the blue. I don't know what prompted me to do it. Um, and I discovered that I was very good at it. And so I would go to different flea markets with different kind of merchandise. And I would do all these experiments with, you know, the surfaces and pricing different things and merchandising and laying things out. It was kind of before I'm old. So it was before the internet. It was before eBay and Amazon and all of that. So all of the selling was done in person. And and my primary job is I own an advertising company in New York called Avalanche Creative Services, and and I do direct response advertising, meaning infomercials and you know calls to action and having people go to websites and call phone numbers. So I learned a lot of tricks from selling directly to consumers that I then incorporated later in my career. So I incorporated a lot of these sort of add-ons and how do you sell more. And how do you create, you know, the excitement about selling? And I learned that really from advertising. So a it was a combination of doing a lot of selling initially and then learning a lot of tricks in direct response advertising. Great. And then, as you mentioned, a lot of people turn to you for that help when it comes time for their sales. Correct. Wow. So, again, you know, as we get ready to wrap up here, your book, uh, Go ahead, plug your book, and where can we get it? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, my book is called Ava's Guide to Garage Sale Gold. Um, we, I sell the book and anything you would need from a garage sale on my website, which is www.garagesalegold.com. That's garage sale gold, G O L D.com. It's, it's also on Amazon. You know, the book okay. is on Amazon, uh, but we sell all the signs. I sell money aprons because you need a place to keep your, oh. you know, your, your money safe. You never put it someplace that it's not on you. That's a yeah, really yeah, important yeah. thing. And then we have, you know, the different tags and labels, et cetera. And the reason I did that is because when I would have sales, I would drive around to all these different places trying to find all these different things and nobody had what I needed. So I just created them myself. There we go. Okay. Thank you. I think you've just about covered it all. And that was Ava Seavey. And her book is Ava's Guide to Garage Sale Gold. And you can get it on Amazon. And your website again, Ava? Is garagesalegold.com. Great. Thank you very much. And Ava's uh, just joined us from, where in New York are you? I have an office in New York City, but I'm mm -hmm. actually working out of my home right now in, in Rockland County, New York. I, I'm in a house that was built in 1750. Whoa. Yeah, love those old houses. Yeah. Love them. Okay, Ava, thank you again. Very, thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay, take care now. Bye-bye. So there you have it. You're thinking of having that yard sale, garage sale, estate sale, or whatever you have it. Well, we really hope that all of Ava's tips come in handy for you. That's our latest episode of Soul in the Six. So if you like this episode, 
please subscribe and you'll get these episodes automatically. And of course, feel free to forward this episode to a friend. I want to thank my producer, Story Studio Network. And if you need to get in touch with me, you can email me at des at desmondbrown.ca. And you can follow me on all the social media platforms. I am Des in the Six. And my website is in the six real estate. And the six is spelled number six, I-X. Until next time, I'm Desmond Brown.